0: Isn't the biggest security threat to America
1: the president of the United States? Well, tell me something I didn't know, Mr. Barr.
2: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling of something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the, left me, to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you yep. yes, I'm stuck in the middle
1: with you From Pacifica Radio and in Los Angeles, world this world is, is the broadcast true. as heard on KPFK right, 90.7 FM I'm in L.A. Race. Also on KFOI in Red Bluff and Redding, California, KKRN in Round Mountain, and KGOE in right, Eureka, Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, uh, Queso in Cottage Grove, and KEPW in Eugene. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York, on WLPP, Grand Rapids, WPRR. In New Orleans, on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle, on KODX, in Goldendale, Washington, on KVGD. In Janesville, Wisconsin, on WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day, on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Nicole Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Fantastic affiliates all. Blanketing, blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. I will be your captain for today's flight. Joining me, of course, is Desi Doyen. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Um, I, am, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who are looking forward to the reported and caution. As of now, it is only reported the reported release of the special counsel's report from Robert Mueller, or at least a report from special counsel Robert Mueller, uh, which is being reported by some to be coming perhaps within the next week. Now, I am a bit dubious about that, but either way, no matter when this report comes, no matter when and if this report comes, while I don't wish to be the bearer of bad news, Uh, Those of you who are excited about this, uh, you may wish to curb your enthusiasm, as it is said. (laughs) Manage Uh, your expectations? A little bit, yeah. At least according to the man who served as general counsel to the U.S. House of Representatives for about eight years, who cautions that the public may never even see such a report at all, no matter when it is finally issued. And uh, making matters perhaps more distressing, um, whether the public sees it or not, it may contain far less than many opponents of this president might expect or wish or hope to see. But not necessarily because Donald Trump is actually innocent of crimes or of impeachable offenses. In any event, attorney and law school professor Stanley M. Brand, now of Penn State University, will join us shortly to explain all of that. Uh, meanwhile, we've got some quick follow ups from yesterday's stunning turn of events in uh, in North Carolina, where we devoted most of our previous broadcast to, uh, well, if you missed that amazing and emotional roller coaster ride of GOP election fraud.
3: Yes, it was very dramatic. Action,
1: yeah. Download it uh, for free anytime at bradblog.com. But some quick follow up here. Richard Hayes Phillips, who had alerted us yesterday that NPR was referring to what happened in North Carolina as voter fraud, which it isn't. The voters did nothing wrong. This is election fraud by insiders who forged absentee ballots. Uh, this is what is the biggest concern when it comes to election fraud, not voter fraud, as GOPers pretend is happening at the polling place in epidemic numbers, uh, in order only, which it isn't, but they're they're saying that in order to pass legislation to make it difficult for legal, if Democratic-leaning voters, to actually cast their legal votes. That's why they've been pretending there is this Epidemic of voter fraud that they need to pass all of these laws to uh, to try to combat. That's very different than what we saw in North Carolina. The um, that issue, the difference between election fraud and voter fraud, came up again on NPR again this morning as uh, Richard Hayes Phillips, a great election integrity investigator himself. Uh, He uh, as he let me know today. Here's uh, Morning Edition's Steve Inskeep spoke about what happened in North Carolina yesterday with state Democratic Party chair Wayne Goodwin. They spoke about the GOP absentee ballot fraud that led to the results of November's 9th Congressional District House race being overturned dramatically yesterday with a with a new election now ordered. Uh, That came following the state election board's unanimous five to zero vote on Thursday to call a new election and that came on the heels of the uh, of this uh, election fraud scheme and the stunning dramatic testimony of Republican candidate and Baptist preacher Mark Harris's son John Harris surprising everyone by taking the stand on Wednesday and testifying against his own father With evidence that Mark Harris knew about the concerns of this GOP contractor and fraudster that he hired to run his absentee ballot campaign in last year's elections. Anyway, here's NPR's Steve Inskeep with North Carolina Democratic Party Chair Wayne Goodwin on this point. The difference between voter fraud that Republicans pretend is going on and actual concerns about election fraud. But let me
0: ask about this from the other side. The Democrats, as you know, have advocated wider availability of voting, absentee ballots, ballot by mail, early voting, on and on. But Republicans have pushed on fraud and ballot security. They've had trouble finding examples of fraud. But now here's a clear one. D- does the Republican candidate here finally prove that ballot security is a potential problem? Well, I think my recollection of this is that Republicans have always talked about voter fraud. They've talked about voter fraud left and right. Here we have a, something that's different. It's election fraud actually committed by those who were uh, alleging that there is voter fraud. Uh, so it's not exactly what the Republicans have been searching for and seeking for. We all want ballot security. We all want election security. But here, the very folks who were protesting alleging that there was voter fraud, We're actually committing election fraud from what we saw in the evidence this week at the State Board of Elections. Oh, voter fraud meaning ineligible voters casting ballots, election fraud being messing with the results, which may have been what happened here. Right. There's a big difference.
1: Yeah, there is a big difference. And the fact that uh, hopefully this means NPR now understands the difference between voter fraud and election fraud. They didn't apparently yesterday after all of these years, uh, but hopefully they now do. Right, Mr. Inskeep?
3: Well, that would be great if NPR can learn that. Yes, it would
1: be Uh, there. Of course, they're not the only ones who are doing this. The BBC referred to this as voter fraud. So that fight continues. Meanwhile, in the 24 hours since this story blew up and a, a new election had to be called, thanks to Republican election fraud by the campaign of the guy that Donald Trump campaigned for in 2018 in North Carolina, Uh, In those 24 hours, I don't know, maybe I missed it, uh, but as far as I can tell, neither Donald Trump nor any of the other widely disrespected GOP voter fraud fraudsters who have uh, been claiming Democratic voter fraud for so many years, none of these people have said a word in response to all of this, much less in condemnation of the stolen election and Subsequent months of lying about it by the Republican candidate and, yes, by statewide Republicans in North Carolina. Now, if the situation had been reversed and this was a team of Democrats who had been caught stealing a U.S. House election through blatant fraud... What state investigators described at this week's hearing as, quote, coordinated, unlawful, substantially resourced absentee ballot scheme. Do you think Donald Trump might have graced us with a few thoughts about it on Twitter on uh, by now? Do you think he would have had anything to say? I'm sure it'd be scorched earth at this point. So far, sadly, nothing from him or Chris Kobach or Hans von Spakovsky or John Fund or any of the other liars and con men who have made their living, frankly, for years by falsely making claims about Democratic voter fraud in order to keep Democratic-leaning voters from being able to cast a vote at all. Uh, Oh, but wait, you say, Des, uh, we do have something. I stand corrected here. We were able to get this statement from the Republican National Lawyers Association, who has made a lot of noise about this over the years. They have been posting fake claims about Democratic voter fraud for well over a decade now at their website. Uh, you are able to get a statement from, from them? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and play that. Yeah. That's... That's kind of what I thought. Yep. Uh, And and that is even in the wake of a federal U.S. House election being overturned by a unanimous five to zero bipartisan vote of the state election board Um, with a scheme funded by a right wing Baptist minister that Donald Trump campaigned for last year and whose very slim now overturned victory came only thanks to that fraud. Uh, Anyway, none of them have had a word to say about this, so isn't that interesting? Uh, It's almost as if they don't actually care about fraud that actually robs American citizens of their rights to have their votes accurately recorded in our American representative democracy. But hey, uh, speaking of what Trump is uh, willing or not to say when his pals get caught doing exactly what he decries others for doing— There is this today in the wake of uh, Trump's month long insistence and recent emergency declaration uh, because of it, that we must protect the border with a wall to prevent, among other things, what he describes often in graphic detail as human sex trafficking coming across the border, presumably, I guess, in the middle of the desert or something rather than via ports of entry. Yeah,
3: that is one of his uh, many times that he's repeated his lurid fantasies about women being abducted and, uh, and stuff. And, and,
1: and uh, they must be coming in through the desert where we don't have any wall and that's why we need to declare an emergency to build this wall. And which is stop. of
3: course not true. Very important to point that out. There is no evidence that that is happening at all.
1: Well, uh, don't try to give that evidence to the President of the United States. He really wants to stop human And then there's this today. Robert Kraft, the billionaire owner of the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, was charged on Friday with two counts of soliciting sex from a prostitute, according to police in Jupiter, Florida, on Friday. Kraft was one of at least 25 people arrested Friday as part of a month's long, wait for it, human trafficking investigation. That police say spanned from China to Florida, according to officials. Police say Kraft is facing charges of solicitation at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, a small storefront business in a strip mall in Jupiter. Uh, The police said that Mr. Kraft was seen visiting twice, dropped off by a driver. The mall, anchored on one end by an Outback Steakhouse, is near lushly landscaped gated communities and less than 5 miles from Don- oh look Donald Trump's National Golf Club <laughs> in Jupiter that's convenient conveniently located yes it is um Jupiter police chief Daniel Kerr said we're as equally stunned as everybody else when he announced this uh, at a press conference on Friday
0: yes sir he he is one if of you the individuals name who he is uh, that would be Mr. Robert Kraft Robert Kraft the owner of the New England Patriots yes sir and what is he being charged He's being charged with the same offenses as the the others and that is soliciting another to commit prostitution.
1: Now, police can't speak to the amount of time uh, that Kraft was at the spa, but they said that average fees for services there range between $59 for a half hour, $79 for an hour. When asked if Kraft seemed like a regular at the spa, the uh, Jupiter detective Andrew Sharp said, quote, I would say going through the evidence... Yes. The uh, Jupiter police added that there is video evidence of the alleged acts for all of those involved, including Kraft. Yeah. Uh, Now, spokesman for Kraft said that, quote, we categorically deny that Mr. Kraft engaged in any illegal activity because it is a judicial matter. We will not be commenting any further. The NFL Responded to the news saying that the league is, quote, aware of the ongoing law enforcement matter and will continue to monitor uh, developments. Detective Kerr said that because Kraft, who owns property in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, just like Donald Trump, uh, but he is a resident of Massachusetts, uh, because of that, there would be an arrest warrant issued for him, an arrest warrant issued for the owner of the New England Patriots. The warrant is being processed with the state attorney, he explained. "A uh, craft is 77 years old. Uh, he's reportedly worth $6.6 6 billion. But apparently he needed a $59 massage at a strip mall in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, he is a close friend and ally and benefactor, a financial supporter of one President Donald Trump. He's owned the uh, Patriots, who just won their sixth Super Bowl title earlier this month for more than two decades now. The charges against Kraft were part of a broad investigation into prostitution and human trafficking in day spas and massage parlors in Florida. The New York Times reports the investigation involved multiple law enforcement agencies resulted in raids and arrests connected to nearly a dozen businesses in the region. Uh, At least one person was charged with human trafficking. More than two dozen men ranging ranging in age from 34 to 81 have been arrested. Hundreds have been charged, the police said. Kraft, of course, is the most prominent name to emerge in this case. He's uh, one of the most powerful owners in American sports. He's a leading voice in the NFL's small fraternity of billionaire owners and a friend and benefactor of President Trump. Now a couple of points here. Uh, one, prostitution should not be illegal, uh, at least between consenting adults. And uh, uh, I don't sex know, workers, do, I
3: believe, also should have protections, and it yes. should be legalized. Uh, sex trafficking, however, is Exa- absolutely well, immoral and exactly. should be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law.
1: We're exactly, human trafficking and and what amounts to sexual enslavement, obviously, that's a totally different matter, and that's. So I want to distinguish between those two points uh, here for a start, uh, and that it looks to be what is the central concern here. Florida Department of Health investigator inspected this uh, business on behalf of police, noticed several indications that women were living there, uh, beds, dressers with personal items, a refrigerator with food and condiments and so forth. Uh, there's a Goodfellas pizza several doors down. The owner there said that women who worked there looked malnourished. He said, one I even offered a slice of pizza to. She wouldn't even say hi. You wouldn't uh, wouldn't even say thank you. Just kept her head down. On Tuesday, one of the women he recognized was taken away by the police in handcuffs. So hopefully if she was working there against her will, against her wishes, hopefully that woman will be helped by the police at this point rather than punished. Uh, the charges against Kraft could lead to discipline from the NFL, even if he is not convicted. The league's commissioner, uh, Roger Goodell, has a broad authority to hold players and owners accountable for conduct he deems detrimental to the league, the Times reports. Um, the commissioner's discretion to penalize owners is included in the league's constitution and is generally more limited than what he can impose on players. Naturally. Naturally. Of course. So he can punish the players more than the owners. Anyway, um, previous punishments have included fines and suspensions and so forth. Um, so, but uh, yeah, a few points, a few questions here. The Patriots just defeated the LA Rams in the Super Bowl and is pretty much one of the very few professional sports teams who may be willing to accept an invitation from Donald Trump to go to the White House. Presumably, they've already been invited. So, is Robert Kraft a huge supporter of Trump's? Is he going to now be uninvited, given his prostitution charges and support, apparently, for human trafficking? Speaking to reporters at the White House on Friday, uh, Trump said that he was surprised to see Kraft, a longtime friend of his facing charges. He said, quote, surprised to see it. He has denied it. Of course, you know, they, they always deny it. And Trump says, well, he denied it. So it didn't happen. Uh, He called it a very sad situation. Sad? Is that it, Mr. President? Uh, It should also be noted here that tens of thousands of people are right now being deported for transgressions that are far less than uh, than this, less than what Robert Kraft did. A charge like this would be more than enough to earn deportation by Trump's deportation squad. Uh, Even for someone here legally with a visa or a green card, they would be permanently sent away forever for charges much less than these, no matter how many years they have lived here legally. Like dreamer kids who were brought here decades ago, they would be sent back to a country they never even knew over something like this if they were caught involved with prostitution, much less human trafficking, which I should note Kraft has not been charged with. He's only charged with solicitation here. But also as to the uh, real victims here, if there was a human smuggling and trafficking uh, ring going on here, these women were probably flown here on a plane or via some other legal port of entry from Asia, as opposed to being marched across the Mexican desert to reach a point where there was no border fencing and and forced to swim across the Rio Grande River or something. Uh, Anyway, just a few thoughts for that today. I want to throw that out there. Uh, if time allows, we'll have a bit a bit more on uh, Trump's border lies later on and perhaps even a musical tribute to them. Uh, for now, however, let's take a quick break here and come back with the former General Counsel for the U.S. House of Representatives with some disturbing thoughts in response to news reports of late that a report from Robert Mueller's special counsel could be coming in the next few days and what, if anything, the public will ever See in that report if it does come. Stan Brand joins us next for some disturbing thoughts on that. Right after this, I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away.
2: Every day it's getting closer going faster than a roller coaster love like yours oh, will yes. surely come
1: my Welcome way Welcome back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from bradblog.com Yes it's getting closer according to several different reports in the media over the past week Department of Justice officials are preparing for Special Counsel Robert Mueller to issue a report on his investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election and obstruction of justice by Team Trump to prevent that probe. As soon as next week, that could come, according to multiple reports. CNN reported on Wednesday evening that the report could come next week, citing people familiar with the plans. The Washington Post citing people familiar with discussions also reported on Wednesday that DOJ officials believe a confidential report could be issued in the coming days and that Mueller may deliver his report next week to Donald Trump's newly minted Attorney General, William Barr. An advisor to Donald Trump reportedly told The Post that those in Trump's inner circle – have expressed concerns that the report could include politically damaging information, but no evidence of criminal conduct, according to The Hill. Mueller is required under the special counsel statute to submit a report to the attorney general at the conclusion of his investigation, though that report is not required to be made public. Mueller, according to the law, is required to explain his reasoning behind prosecuting or not prosecuting those named in his findings. And as I understand the statute, but I'll, I'll, I'll get some more help on this in a moment, uh, he is required to detail any actions not taken that he might otherwise have taken. Uh, Due to instructions or vetoes from the attorney general overseeing the probe, whether those reports um, as to the reports timing are actually accurate. We don't know. There have been similar reports over the past year or two that did not come to fruition. And today, shortly before airtime, the AP is reporting that a report from special counsel Robert Mueller about the Russia investigation is not expected to be delivered to the Justice Department in the next week. That was according to a senior Justice Department official who spoke on condition of anonymity Friday to the Associated Press. They report that it is not immediately clear when the report might come, though Mueller is believed to be wrapping up. Many seem to believe Mueller's report to Bill Barr, however, is imminent, whatever that may mean in this case. But whether the public will ever get to see such a report, no matter when it's issued, is a different matter as is the matter of whether even members of Congress will be allowed to see it. While the special counsel has yet to openly accuse anyone in Trump's orbit of so-called collusion or conspiracy or direct coordination with the Russians to affect the 2016 election results, Mueller has laid out... Ten criminal cases. He has seen uh, four people sentenced to prison, secured one conviction at, at trial, extracted seven guilty pleas and charged 37 people and entities with crimes in what Donald Trump continues to call a giant hoax or a witch hunt. William Barr said during his recent confirmation hearing for attorney general, which came after Barr was nominated by Trump following Barr's submission of a lengthy memo to the Justice Department detailing why he thought the Mueller probe was out of bounds or unlawful or unconstitutional. Barr said at his testimony that he would make as much of the report public as he can based on the law, claiming that he wanted to be as, quote, transparent as possible. But Stanley M. Brand, who served for eight years as general counsel for the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, the chief legal officer responsible for representing the House, its members, its officers and employees in connection with legal procedures and challenges to the conduct of their official activities, he is dubious that the Mueller report will ever see the light of day, at least the light of day among the public. Brand now teaches a course on the independent counsel that is the predecessor of the special counsel at Penn State University Law School. Writing at The Conversation this week, Professor Brand notes, almost from the day of Robert Mueller's appointment as special counsel, the media and public have expected that his investigation— will end with a report to either the Congress or the public or both. I believe, he writes, that the public's expectation that they will see a report from the Mueller investigation is unrealistic. That expectation appears to be based on a misunderstanding of the legal principles involved in making any such report available to anyone outside of the Department of Justice, Brand writes. Well, talk about a buzzkill at least for opponents of Donald Trump at any rate. That buzzkill, Stan Brand, distinguished fellow in law and government at Pennsylvania State University and senior counsel at Aiken Gump's litigation practice in Washington, D.C., joins us now to explain all of this. Professor Brand, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Greatly appreciate you joining us, buzzkill or otherwise. Hello. Good to have you here. I have a lot of things I want to ask you about on this podcast. uh, special counsel statute. But uh, first, if you don't mind, I'd like to get your thoughts on on what we are even seeing here, uh, Professor. Does it pass your smell test with uh, several matters clearly going on in court? Trump's longtime friend Roger Stone, uh, his home being raided by the FBI days ago, uh, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and, and Trump. Uh, campaign aide, Rick Gates cooperating still uh, with prosecutors that amidst all of this, the Mueller probe is suddenly wrapping up that they're done, ready to issue a, a report just days after Trump's new attorney general, Bill Barr, took office?
0: Well, the, the investigation has been going on for over 18 months, um, as is the case with most of these special counsel or independent counsel cases. They they always take longer than people anticipate mm-hmm. uh... i have no notion why it's wrapping up if it is at this particular point um, but i have confidence that if it is wrapping up it's because muller has decided he's finished
1: so you don't feel that this would be uh... some form of undue influence from uh... from william barr who i i don't know if you actually know him i guess he was the AG at the same time you were working in the uh... Yeah. in the house well, if i'm correct
0: well i know both of them uh... Uh-huh. Um, Mueller more directly than Barr, and And I I can tell you, um, Mueller, a man who was uh, director of the FBI for 12 years, actually asked to be uh, held over from a Republican to a Democratic president, mm -hmm. who was former head of the criminal division, who was uh, a U.S. attorney. Um, no, nobody, nobody's going to push Bob Mueller around. So if there is a conclusion to this, it's because Mueller has determined in his judgment that it's uh, it's time and he has no further actions to bring.
1: So you're, you're confident that if he was being pressured in some fashion by Bill Barr that we would know about that, that he would uh, speak out in some fashion?
0: no. Um, but the regulation provides a procedure and a process inside the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. um, which, which, doesn't, which gives the, um, attorney, the attorney general the right to try to rein Mueller in, but requires the attorney general to give an explanation for that. So I, I think in the push and pull within the Department of Justice, that's very unlikely to have happened.
1: Well, that is uh, somewhat comforting to know. Uh, All right, so generally speaking then, how is the special counsel statute here, uh, written in the wake of the demise of the independent counsel statute, following, uh, as I understand it, Ken Starr's infamous years-long probe of Bill Clinton, how is that different from the uh, independent counsel uh, that was used as the basis for the impeachment of Clinton?
0: well the the statute under which uh Starr and others operated lapsed in the in the late nineties mm-hmm. during the Clinton administration, and the regulation was written by the Clinton administration to replace the statute because of what was viewed as the excesses of the independent counsel statute, you know, overlong investigations that went on for eight years, investigations that cost $52 million, investigations where uh, Monica Lewinsky's mother was subpoenaed to the grand jury. Mm -hmm. The uh, consensus in the Clinton administration and on Capitol Hill was to rebalance the equation and put a little bit more... Uh, control and discretion back in the Department of Justice where uh, it could be uh, where where people believed it belonged, and so the regulation uh returns some of that control, and as to the Mueller report, what the regulation says, written by a Democrat Neil Catchell mm-hmm. is that the report is going is to be confidential uh that is it is written by the Special counsel to the Attorney general. And the Attorney General then has a decision to make as to whether or what portions, if any of that, can be disclosed outside the department
1: and and this is where I want to uh try to unpack this a bit because i'm having some I'm having some trouble understanding how uh this report, whether it becomes public or not, would actually proceed Professor uh, Stephen Collinson. Uh, over at CNN uh, says, uh, given his by the book history, it's likely that Robert Mueller would follow the prevailing Justice Department opinion that a sitting president cannot be charged, cannot be indicted in a criminal case, even if he has evidence that uh, Trump has transgressed in some way. First, uh, do you share uh, Collinson's uh, assessment of, of of how Mueller would behave if, in fact, he came across criminal acts by the president?
0: Yeah. Well, there's divided opinions on whether you can indict a sitting president. Um, Leon Jaworski, who was the independent counsel in the Nixon case, decided he had sufficient evidence to indict, but determined it was not something he should do, Mm -hmm. given the ongoing uh, investigation into impeachment by the House of Representatives. So he, he stood back. Um... Ken Starr, for his part, determined that he could indict a president, a sitting president, but determined as a matter of discretion not to do that because the statute provided a specific mechanism for referring that type of evidence to the House for impeachment, which he did, and Mm -hmm. which resulted in an impeachment proceeding of President Clinton. Mueller, being uh, somebody who I think uh, correctly hues to the prevailing Department of Justice guidelines, would probably determine that he wouldn't bring a case against the sitting president and there's some textual support for that in the Constitution because the way it's laid out it appears to uh, infer that while a president could be indicted after he was impeached Mm -hmm. uh... that impeachment is the way in which you remove a president not through the criminal justice system
1: okay so no indictment but potentially impeachment and yet uh... professor brand you write at the conversation that the previous law uh, I guess the independent counsel law uh, creating uh, special counsels, which has now lapped, directed the special counsel to report to the House of Representatives quote "Substantial and credible information of impeachable conduct." but the current statute does not does does the statute require that any substantial and credible information of impeachable conduct be at least reported to the AG? No. So no. And, and this, this the herein lies my confusion. If, if uh, you know, basically, if uh, the the only thing they have to tell the AG is whether he prosecuted or didn't prosecute, then, and we know that he's not going to prosecute because he'll probably follow the uh, the DOJ notion that you you can't prosecute a sitting president. So, if you can't have a prosecution, and he doesn't have to give substantial, incredible information of impeachable offense. Um, what well, does he actually it, say to the AG? Yeah, you,
0: have, you have to remember, we live in a system of separation of powers. right? And so the Mueller process is a criminal process. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with and doesn't limit the Congress from exercising its own independent power to conduct impeachment uh, proceedings. It doesn't need Bob Mueller to do that. In fact, uh, in previous instances uh prior to the uh you know the the statute. Um it, it didn't it didn't work that way. The the the, the House Judiciary Committee in the mm-hmm. Nixon era on its own motion began impeachment proceedings. So they're just two separate processes. One is criminal and one is legislative and they're
1: different. Well that I understand. So it's up to Congress of course to bring impeachment proceedings forward. Um, but the special counsel doesn't recommend impeachment and can't recommend, uh, as I understand it, can't recommend an indictment. So what, what? how can the special counsel bring any kind of accountability here for a president who has violated the law?
0: Well, it wouldn't be up to him to bring the accountability under that theory. It would be up to the Congress and, you know, we've heard the debate within the Congress about impeachment, and mm-hmm. that that will be up to them. The framers, in their wisdom, left that to the Congress as the elected branch. In fact, as Neil Katchel said, who, uh, who was the man who wrote the regulation, mm-hmm. who was uh, in the Department of Justice in the Clinton era, said he believes that if you're going to remove a president, that should be a national decision, uh, which has been committed to the legislative branch, and not the decision of an individual grand jury in one single judicial district of the United States. So that's one view of the allocation of function uh, in this case.
1: Do you understand what I'm getting at, though? About because uh, I'm wondering how you can. Yes, there is uh, impeachment then for uh, to bring accountability for a president, but. For any criminal actions, what good, essentially, is the special counsel probe if he also can't bring criminal indictments? Is it only for, uh, you know, bringing accountability for folks uh, who aren't the president, you know, people on the campaign team and in the administration and so forth? But there's nothing when it comes to criminal accountability for a president of the United States?
0: Yeah, as as I say, there may be no criminal accountability for the president while he sits as president. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, after he leaves, or, or is defeated, or is impeached, there may be criminal accountability. And that appears to many of the constitutional scholars that I've read to be what the design of the Constitution is. Uh, now you'll get debate on that and dispute on that, but um, that's at least one prevailing opinion.
1: You explain uh, in your article uh, in arguing that the public is unlikely to see uh, Mueller's report over at uh, theconversation.com that one reason is because the grand jury proceedings must remain secret by federal law. But how did uh, previous special counsels uh, under the now lapsed independent counsel statute, for example, the infamous Ken Starr report, how did they get around that issue or did they?
0: They didn't. They transferred to Congress their own materials and their own recommendations based on public evidence that they had gathered, um, and I don't believe that they uh, they confronted the grand jury rule that uh, Barr would have to confront if the Mueller report includes large portions of grand jury material.
1: Because Ken Starr, you know published a book essentially of 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 his report Um, right house uh, house democrats have uh, subpoena power of course uh, that they could use to try to force the release i guess of Mueller's report at least stephen collinson argues that over at cnn uh, or to get evidence and testimony uncovered by the special counsel uh that was not released to congress could Congress use that subpoena power to either force the release of Mueller's report in some fashion, as you understand it, uh, or even subpoena Robert Mueller himself to come in and at least discuss his findings in uh, in open session in Congress. Would that be allowable under the statute?
0: Well, two, two answers. First, as to the Congress's ability to subpoena, yes, they could issue a subpoena. The question is, could they enforce it? There's a long history of the Department of Justice taking the position uh, that they oppose efforts by Congress to get either grand, ma- grand jury material under Rule 60 or mm-hmm. prosecutorial deliberations. And so that would be met by, I think, a strong Department of Justice uh, position in court, and that would take uh, some time to litigate. As to Bob Mueller being called to a public session to reveal things that are covered by 6E, uh, I can't predict what Bob Mueller would do, but my guess is he would resist any effort to force him to violate what he would see as a stricture under Rule 6E that limits his ability to do that, Um, since he is, I think, a a by-the-book lawyer.
1: So he would be limited when it comes to even talking publicly about this even uh, in the U.S. House testimony where he's called to, well, to he, answer he's, questions? Well, he's
0: spoken, he's spoken openly and fully in his charging papers as to everyone who he will have believed committed a crime. I have to understand something about the grand jury and the criminal justice system. There's a protection built in for people who are investigated but not charged, and that is not to have the allegations... Uh, deemed not sufficient to bring a charge, aired in public in a way that that damages the reputation of people who the government ultimately decided not to prosecute. Um, and so the notion that you just parade all of this stuff in public mm-hmm. uh, because there's interest in it uh, really runs counter to everything in the criminal justice system. The people who are, are investigated but not charged mm-hmm. and the deliberations of the prosecutors into those matters are to remain secret for the protection of the innocent.
1: That makes sense to me, except for the case of the president, where, who, who seems to have some, you know, this special dispensation that a sitting president can't be charged. If Mueller had wanted to charge the president in some fashion, would you expect that that would be something that at least would be noted uh, in his report to the, uh, to the attorney general? We didn't prosecute Donald Trump, but we would like to.
0: No, I can't imagine Mueller saying that. Um, By the way, I'd remind everyone that the the so-called roadmap that Leon Jaworski wrote with respect to his conclusions about President Nixon remained sealed until last year.
1: Yeah. I I know, so that I guess brings me to my last question. Will we see the Mueller report, or will it be decades uh before we actually see that information well, you as may, far as you,
0: you, may you may see you may see portions of it or you may see selected excerpts or representations of what it contains um, if Bill Barr and I take him at his word wants to be as transparent as he can within the rules and regulations, so you may see some of it you may not see all the internal documents and deliberations uh that occurred
1: huh. that's troubling uh, uh professor stan brand uh yeah still a, a little bit of a buzzkill there a distinguished fellow in law and government at penn state university formerly general counsel to the us house of representatives we will link over to your article at the conversation.com headlined indict or shut up the public may never see a report from Mueller's investigation. Professor Brand, greatly appreciate you joining us today on the broadcast.
0: Enjoyed it very much.
1: Thank you. Oh, boy. I I, got to tell you, uh, Des, I I don't know. Is it just me? That seems incredibly frustrating. It seems (laughs) like... A a remarkable catch 22 where, uh, you know, catch me if you can. Donald Trump uh, cannot be caught,
3: cannot be caught. So because, you know, as he said, there's an active debate on whether or not you can indict a sitting president. But how can you indict a sitting president if you don't get access to the information? That he did something criminal because that's not going to be released. How can Congress set in motion the impeachment that would then allow a sitting president, I guess, to be impeached and then indicted? How can you do that if Congress can't get the information to show that?
1: And he even says that uh, even if Mueller had wanted to bring an indictment, found, you know, clear crimes committed by the president of the United States, but didn't prosecute because under the premise that you can't indicted sitting president, that, that that would not even make it into the report given to the attorney general? Did I understand him correctly That's on that? That's
3: what I understood him to say as well. And then we have an additional problem of maybe Stan uh, Stanley Brand trusts William Barr and takes him at his word that he will release the information. But I don't know that there's a whole lot of trust in the American public right now that William Brand won't, that, that William Barr, I should say, yeah, right. won't put political considerations or a political thumb on those scales on what's going to get released, which again would influence whether Congress impeaches and whether or not the public realizes whether or not the the president committed a
1: crime. Particularly since uh, Barr had issued that memo saying, hey, he thought that obstruction of justice and all of that stuff should not even be looked at by the special counsel. all of this sort of underscoring what I have been Trying to say for many months that, uh, you know, Congress is saying, well, we'll wait for the report from uh, from Robert Mueller before even considering impeachment. Are you out of your mind? (laughs) I mean, we have a clearly a wildly a pathologically scofflaw president sitting in the Oval Office. And you're telling me that we can't bring accountability as Congress That we have to wait for the special counsel who, you know, is not going to indict and not even necessarily going to say whether he thinks this president should be indicted. It is the job of the Congress. Read the Constitution. To bring uh, 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 charges, I guess, of high crimes and misdemeanors uh, in a uh, in an impeachment proceeding against the president of the United States, that is up to the Congress. Democrats are now in control of the U.S. House. I don't give a damn whether they believe they could get a uh, a, a vote to remove him in the U.S. Senate. If Democrats would like to see accountability for this president uh, above and beyond waiting for two years and try to unseat him at the uh, at the ballot box, uh, if they don't take action here uh, with impeachment, what they are saying is they will never, ever take action uh, with impeachment against any president, if not this president. I can't imagine, uh, you know, ever doing what they ought to be doing. And, well, we'll see if they start waking up to that. Now, they are holding uh, a hearing, we are told. Members of the House Judiciary Committee are scheduled to hold a hearing next Thursday in part to examine Trump's use of powers under the National Emergencies Act. Uh, Judiciary Chair Gerald Nadler has requested that uh, the White House Counsel Pat Cipollone uh, and other Justice Department officials appear as witnesses. That's good. And we will talk uh, in, uh, uh, talk about that a bit more in a second. But this nonsense that a sitting president can't be indicted, that's based on a thin and uh, frankly unsupported Office of Legal Counsel memo from like 50 years ago, which I don't believe can stand up to constitutional muster, much less light of day, if we had an actual public discussion about it. Congress... Should hold a hearing looking at this matter once and for all. They can do that, right? Uh, In the Judiciary Committee on whether a president can be indicted. Call it something like, uh, is it constitutional to criminally indict a sitting president? (laughs) That alone would drive him, would drive Trump nuts. Oh,
3: that's true. That's true. And they could, hey, we're just asking the question.
1: Exactly. And have a bunch of uh, experts give testimony as to their opinion. That would drive him nuts and inch us a bit closer, at least, to the type of accountability that is so obviously called for right now. All right. Uh, Speaking of accountability, that is so obviously called for a quick break and some news on at least Democrats calling for some accountability of this president's unlawful, unconstitutional actions, at least on the border, and maybe even a musical response as well as we head out today. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. And thanks.
2: Welcome back. It's the
1: Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, U.S. House Speaker, began uh, the process of rolling back Donald Trump's national emergency, or at least trying to in the Uh, In Congress today, announcing that they will be taking a vote on Tuesday to block Donald Trump's national emergency declaration that he issued under the National Emergencies Act. Once they vote, if they pass it as uh, expected, that will be on Tuesday. That begins an 18 day clock in which the. Republican-majority Senate must also vote on this. Um, Now, whether it will pass in the U.S. Senate remains to be seen. It'll probably pass in the House, almost certainly. The Senate is another matter. There are some uh, Senate Republicans who have said they would uh, vote to block this national emergency. I will believe that when I see it. But even if they pass it in the Senate, the, um, the president, if they pass it in both houses, the president can then veto it. Seeing enough Republicans come on board to override a veto that would take a two-thirds vote in both houses, that seems ob- almost impossible to even imagine. Yeah, snowball's
3: chance in hell. That one. I yeah,
1: think. I don't even know that it'll pass in the U.S. Senate at all. But hey, at least they are taking some action for now. Uh, with all of that in mind, uh, now a week on from Trump's that crap crazy rose garden press conference to declare that national emergency last week. Randy Rainbow had his own take on it all, which I'm happy to use to play us out today. Thank you very much.
0: Yes, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Thank you. Uh thank you, Mr. President. I will begin with my most important question. Did you see the Grammys and if so, what did you think of Jennifer Lopez's performance? <laughs> Who? JLo? <laughs> I don't know her. Thank you. And uh, now my follow-up. Will you, in fact, declare a national emergency at the southern border?
0: I'll f- sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office.
2: Um, some say that you're just concocting this crisis to get the money for your wall. Well, I mean, it was a wall, and then it was a fence. What's it today? Some chicken wire and an ADT security decal? No. A couple of Doberman pinchers and a sprinkler? Thank you. You're fake news. (laughs) Some say that you're just fear-mongering and using inflated statistics to help your own agenda. Not too many people have said that. Some say that you're full of and others, well, agree. That you're just fomenting fear and hate with your hyperbole. Drugs and gangs and people, it's an invasion. Now push has come to shove. You shut down the gov. Just to try and get your way
0: I didn't need to do this
2: Your only interest is Campaign promises Can we believe a word you say? No (laughs) Girl, you're at an impasse Now they're gonna sue your ass (laughs) But you just keep pushing me. You don't have a border, you don't have a country Border lies Wreaking us out while you traumatize All the stats you claim you've been shown Back in your border border lies Border lies Border lies Great for distracting from Russian ties More insulting than your skin tone Talking about border lies Sir, you told us that Mexico would reimburse us for the wall. Is it true that you will allow them to pay entirely with 20% off coupons from Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? I have my sources. My mom posted it on Facebook. Well, he's quick to rush to racist trash decisions on a whim. I could do the wall over a longer period of time. I didn't need to do this. But the only national emergency we have is him.
0: And by the way, Trump is crazy.
2: He dupes and he deceives, but still his base believes the MAGA mantras he repeats. Makes America great again. He said that Mexico would pay for it if so, and I'd sure like to see your receipts. Now, girl, hit that Adderall, take a sip, and go get your border wall, and stop being such a tea. We're getting it done Border lies Even Ann Poulter Is getting wise You're just walking Like a parrot Echoing border lies Border lies Border lies, border lies. <laughs> Let's just hope your face Doesn't recognize You're just dangled Sorry, guess I got a little carried away. Uh, let's not talk about it. Okay, it's too bad Mike Pence is in here. He loves Madonna. I don't
0: know her. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> no, thank you very much, Randy Rainbow. We will uh, link to that full video when we post the uh, today's show at Bradblog.com. Also, my thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, my guest today, Professor Stanley Brand of Penn State University, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's always... Greatly appreciated if you missed any portion of today's program or any other. Download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. Always good to hear from you. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. Please uh, find, follow, and share everything we do there, if you don't mind. I'd love to see you there, and you can call me all sorts of names if you like as well. <laughs> uh, all right. Also, my thanks to those of you who have stopped by BradBlog.com/donate on this very important week as uh, the Green News Report hit its 10th anniversary and recently bradblog.com's 15th anniversary all thanks to you listeners and readers who keep us on your public airwaves bradblog.com slash donate Uh, please consider signing up for a monthly donation monthly subscription of any amount you like that is it until we meet again I'm Brad Friedman good luck world